0: Good afternoon, and welcome back to another great episode of Career Library. I'm your host Chris Jones, and today's episode we're going to be talking a little bit about myself and my background, so you get a better understanding of where I'm coming from when it comes to the subjects on Career Library and when I'm interviewing folks. So, uh, just a little background with me: I grew up near a little town outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, in farm country, and um, first job was uh, first official job anyway was working at Kroger's as a bagger and. And so I bagged groceries at Kroger's, did that for about three years. Uh, Very interesting, Uh, my dad had worked for Kroger's, I I wanna say somewhere around 25, 30 years. And so I started at a store, of course, that he was not at and uh, worked there as a bagger and actually made the um, national bag off competition. I placed second in that. And so that is a real thing, it used to happen. I don't know if they still do that anymore, where you go and you bag groceries and you have to meet certain criteria. So that's when I, first uh, learned about competitive environments and stuff like that um, as far as uh, in the business world Um, played baseball as a kid for about eight years also played soccer for about eight years a little bit about my background Um, job uh, I did the uh, work at Kroger's uh, when I was started when I was 16 worked there for two or three years and then uh, right before I graduated uh, high school um, Kroger's was looking at going on strike and so they were saying that we were going to have to go out and pick it and do this stuff you know if the strike came on and I just quit at that point didn't want to be involved in any of that and so took a job as a attendant at a gas station had a lot of fun working there in the little town that we were in in the good old days you used to have to push a button on the side of the uh, concrete pillars and request for the uh, people to turn on the uh, gas pumps and so me and my friends uh, being young uh, we did stupid things and we would say like pump 13 set to explode uh, over the intercom system and so you've got a lot of strange looks but we had a good time there uh, learned a lot about um, in, in both the grocery and the uh, gas station a lot about people, a lot about customer service, a lot about um, facing product, um, cleaning that kind of stuff, and there's a whole lot of stuff that goes goes on, as you probably already know, um, working a, a job like that. Uh, so there's a lot of things and a lot of challenges, and so, um, but uh, you know, pretty fun time. Uh, both of those jobs, no complaints there. Um, after I graduated high school, I uh, quit working at the gas station and took a job as uh, a nighttime stock. Uh, stock boy, I guess you would call us back then. I don't know uh, what the term is. Um, but uh, we nighttime stalker and so we would stock uh, sh- shells and unload trucks every night. And so it was a lumber company called Furrows uh, up in Cincinnati. And so there I learned how to drive a forklift at night. And so pretty cool, I, I uh, enjoyed driving the forklift. I still would like to do it again today, but uh, I don't do that anymore. But I uh, learned how to drive a forklift, it was a good skill that proved to be helpful uh, in the future. Um, furrow began to struggle uh, financially at the time I was working there and so they were making some drastic changes and stuff like that and I could kind of see the writing on the wall that they were gonna start making some cuts and so I moved to uh, made a job move to another company uh, called uh, Shawnee Systems and I worked there as a material handler and so Shawnee Systems was a company that ran these giant printing presses and we had these huge rolls of paper probably about six foot tall or six foot in diameter and so we would take and uh, pick those rolls of paper up take them uh, down to the printing presses and line them up and so we did that with a clamp truck which is basically a forklift with these giant clamps on it and so you had to be real careful when you uh, picked up the paper and uh, so that you didn't tear the paper or smash it if it had the carbine uh carbine in it so where it would make the carbon copies uh so we had to make sure that uh, you didn't squeeze it too hard because uh, you'd ruin a bunch of paper and then also you want to make sure that you didn't drop it because if you dropped it guess what it made a really loud explosion because uh that paper weighed a ton and so did that for uh, many years um well for about two years and uh while i was there Um, one of the guys ended up quitting Um, I was working both uh, second and third shift for a little while and uh, eventually uh, one of my friends I got him hired on there and so he kind of helped out uh, take over the third shift uh, portion and so but uh, there for a while I was you know literally sleeping in the parking lot Um, during this time I was actually before I even, uh, right after I graduated, I got married to my wife. I've been married uh, for 29 years now, or 28 years going on, 29 years, and so, love my wife to death. We've had an awesome journey together in this life and so we have three children and so we had our first child uh, while I was uh, working at Shawnee Systems, I do believe is where I was working at as a material handler, had my first child and then I was just talking with uh, the older folks that worked the uh, printer presses and I just began to, this is kind of when my curiosity started I guess as far as like jobs and uh, seeking employment and uh, just understanding how things work in life and so um, asked one of the uh, asked several of the older gentlemen there you know what would you have done different you know what what do you suggest as far as you know should I work here or should I stay here and try to run a printing press and the answer was no from <laughs> pretty much all of them and uh, one particular gentleman I can't remember his name he said uh, Chris, you know what I would do? I would go join the military. And I'd work there for 20 years. After 20 years, they pay you your paycheck for the rest of your life. And uh, you get benefits that take care of you and your family. And that would be my suggestion, my recommendation to you. So me, I just went and did it. That's just kind of had been the story of my life. I just go and uh, eat. Do things. I mean, uh, there's risk involved, and there's scare uh, things to be afraid of. But I just went ahead and went. I interviewed with the uh, Navy recruiter, interviewed with the Air Force recruiter. The Air Force seemed like a better option for me and my family, and so I talked to the. Air Force recruiter, recruiter, and he went over my ASFAB, which is the uh, test that you take uh, to get into the military to see what you're qualified for, and so he, I said, well, should I, you know, what job should I pick, da, da, da. and he said, well, you could just go in, it's open. He said, your math scores are really, really high, and so I was like, okay, well, if you think, I, you know, they'll give me a good job, I don't want to be, you know, digging ditches or anything like that, and he said, no, 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 and looking back, you know, after <laughs> I got in the military, that's probably... the stupidest thing i ever did but at the same time it was an absolute blessing because of the things that i learned Um, they did give me a really good job in the military i was a um, uh, ended up being a statistical analyst for the f-15es is what they trained me to do and so i analyzed um, you know aircraft uh, i'm not gonna get into a whole lot of detail on it but i analyzed the aircraft for why they broke and when they broke and that kind of stuff and presented reports and stuff to the uh, commanders but um You know, basic training was very interesting. (laughs) Went into basic training and, you know, um, I knew going in that it's just a big head game and they're trying to mess with you. And so they try to make you as uncomfortable as possible, um, work you to death. And so I already had a great work ethic, you know, before I went in there. And so them working me to death wasn't a big deal, you know, running wasn't a big deal uh, with my soccer background. And, you know, doing the the push-ups, the sit-ups were probably the worst thing. Um, The funny thing, I'll share with you some funny stories on basic. so a couple things, um, when I went, first went in, Bill Clinton had just got elected as uh, president, I think, and um, he had made the uh, had changed some things in the military right away, and one of the things was is we could only do 30 push-ups in a day, and 30 sit-ups in a day, and 30 jumping jacks in a day. Mm-hmm. So what would happen is we had several TIs that took care of us, and I love I these guys, and I got offered to become a TI later on in my uh, <laughs> in my employment in the Air Force, but I turned it down. Um, So these guys, uh, we had several TIs, and so we would be like on push-up number 28. And we'd go up, and they'd go up, down, up, down. So we'd be on push-up number 28. Well, the TI would walk away. And then another TI would walk in, and he'd get in front of one of the airmen. Never happened to me directly, but in our formation, there would be one of the airmen up front. And they'd go up there and ask him, what number are you on, airmen? And they, if they said 28, you lying to me, Airman? What number are you on, Airman? And uh, so you'd automatically say one. And so we'd start all over. And then uh, he'd walk away at 27, 28, 29, another one come on, do the same thing. And so we would do uh, 60 to 90 push-ups at a time. Same thing with uh, sit-ups, leg lifts, and jumping jacks. So uh, so they, got, they found a way around it, you know. And so, but uh, it was it was fun. Um, I remember one time I had my dog tags hanging out of my shirt, which is a big no-no and so the TI came up to me and he grabbed them uh, grabbed them grabbed, grabbed the dog tags and they're on this like little chain that just break you know real easy if you pulled on it And he said I can rip your head off with this if I pulled on this airman you need to put that back in your shirt and then uh, so I kind of snickered a little bit so that ended up me doing some push-ups and stuff for that Um, and then the other one um, you weren't allowed to ever have your hands in your pockets and so uh, this one guy, he got caught like three or four times. I mean, he just kept doing it, putting his hands in his pockets. It was just like a bad habit for him. And so they dressed him up in a chem warfare suit. And we were in uh, San Antonio, uh, Texas, and they dressed him up in a chem warfare suit, which is a really heavy. At that time, they were cold. I think they were cold, charcoal-filled. And uh, they're heavy. They do not breathe at all because you want to protect you from chemical weapons. And they had him standing in the hall, and he had the hug himself. And, and just uh, keep yelling over and over again, I'm freezing to death, my hands are cold, I'm freezing to death, my hands are cold. So he was out there for about five or six hours uh, doing that. He was just absolutely drained and drenched by the time he was done uh, when they finally let him out. And so just the, the psychological things that, uh, that they did there, uh, very interesting. I mean, they would turn the air conditioning on, really cold one night, and turn it up, turn the heat up the next or no air conditioning. And so just trying to mess with your sleep patterns and everything like that. And so I had a lot of fun, believe it or not, uh, going through basic training, learned a lot uh, about myself and then just self discipline and being aware of my surroundings. Uh, from there, I went into uh, analytical training. I did uh, tech school um, for about five to six months where I learned how to do um, statistical analysis. And so in data, database management was the other side of my, my job, but I really liked it analytical side and that's where I ended up spending pretty much all of my time and then uh, once I went through my training there was uh, stationed in North Carolina and so about I'm gonna say about six seven months after I was stationed in North Carolina our um, our flight was on rotation with to go to the desert so during that time this was after the uh, first Gulf War uh, we were on rotation where our F-15 E's would go over and uh, take over other uh, uh, you know we'd have we had four different flights on our on our base and so we rotated and so there was about five people that did my job uh, at our base and so they had one girl scheduled next and then uh, for a six month deployment and then another girl after her for a six month deployment and then I was scheduled so I was looking about you know two years before I would go well uh, the first girl uh, who was supposed to go next uh, she came up pregnant and so they can't send her over and then, about a month before the other girl was supposed to go, she came up pregnant. And then, so I got my orders, and it was—I guess it was about six weeks—and I had to get my family settled. Uh, my wife and my daughter moved them back to Ohio from North Carolina so that they'd have a place to stay and not be worried about them to be with their folks. And then. Uh, I had to get my wisdom teeth removed, I had to get a bunch of shots uh, during that time and then finally I hopped on a plane and was shipped to the desert. Uh, The desert was very, very hot, Uh, temperatures 127 degrees during the day, dropped down to 95 100 at night Mm -hmm. and so just sandy dirt just a nasty place and so after my deployment there uh, came back and decided that this you know really wasn't for me so I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do and during that time of thought process I worked at a job at a video store uh, there in North Carolina and then I met a guy who came in one night at the video store and he was a um, he worked on cleaning floors, and I just asked him out of curiosity. Once again, my curiosity uh, asked him. I said, "Well, how much does uh, someone who cleans floors for a living? How much do they make?" And uh, he was like, "Well, you know, we, uh, you know, I make a good living. You know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year." And I was like, "Okay. Well, I'm going to look into this." And so I started asking him questions. You know, about well, what gear do I need? You know, how do you do it? da. So I went to the bank. Hey, this is just me. Uh, went to the bank, didn't have anything, you know, uh, written down or anything, went in and talked to the banker and I said, uh, you know, I want to start a business and I want to borrow some money. and he was like, well, do you have your business plan? I'm like, no, I don't have a business plan. He goes, well, what are you trying to do? And I explained it to him. And he was really nice. He kind of outlined what I needed to bring back to him. And so I went and outlined it. And sure enough, they gave me a loan for $5,000 and went out and bought the equipment that I needed and just went out and just started uh, going from I started off with gas stations uh, going in the evenings and on the weekends when I was off from the Air Force and just uh, offered to uh, clean their windows. Started off with windows and then uh, was able to get some gas station floors and then ran across this one place called the uh, Copper Kettle. It was in a hotel and it was a restaurant uh, for the hotel and you know. I, went in, cleaned their windows, did a good job, and the manager came out and said, hey, do you do floors also? I said, yeah, I have all the equipment to strip and wax floors. And so that was my first gig and then uh, did such a good job there that they ended up uh, fr- uh, sending me out to other uh, hotels to do their stores. And then through that exchange, I was in a, a town pretty far away from where, where I was stationed and I'll say about 45 minutes or an hour. and went into this pizza place, I was like, well, while I'm here waiting for my floors to dry, it was in the middle of the afternoon. Um, this particular hotel was closed for remodeling and they were getting ready to reopen. <coughs> and. Uh I went to the pizza place and said, well, I'll just go ahead and make some extra money. I'll go over here and see if I can clean their windows. Ended up doing their windows and then uh, ended up doing their floors. And so ended up getting a contract with them, this company called Gumby's Pizza, I think is what it was, and did their floors and windows and then uh, ended up with uh, Dairy Queen, uh, their own the uh, coastal side of North Carolina and so ended up doing their floors and windows and so I had all these set up. I had uh, me, I had to hire some uh, people to help me out and so um, the name of the business at the time was Rise and Shine Cleaners and so the business started to grow and started to make good money at it and At that time, you know, I knew I wasn't going to re-up in the Air Force, and so I was like, okay, well, let's get uh, see if we can get out a little early uh, so that I can, you know, put full attention onto this because we'd have drills and we'd have different things that would pop up, and I just didn't want to risk getting pulled away um, from the business, and then the business just kind of collapsing while I was gone. And so put in the paperwork, get out about six months earlier than my contract. uh was supposed to for my four years and so everything got approved i should have submitted my paperwork my financials for the business everything was going good i was making more in the rise and shine cleaners than i was in the air force at this time uh had my son during that time uh so uh with two kids at that time and then um got approved for all of that and uh so I was getting ready to you know, just launch out. I had like, I would say like maybe 60 days and then I got a phone call from back in Ohio. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. They didn't know how long he had to live. Uh, so I was in kind of like, okay, well, what do I do from here? Uh, probably need to go home, be with my folks, uh, help my dad out in any way I can. And my mom, and so, made the decision to uh, move back to Ohio. Uh, we ended up, sell- I ended up selling the business uh, to a, a sergeant that was there in my unit. Uh, he bought the business from me and introduced him to the folks. And then uh, I think that it might still be in existence to the day. I've Googled it a couple of times and it shows up. So I don't know if he still owns it or not. But uh, I probably should make that phone call and see. <laughs> but um, so we ended up moving back to ha- uh, moving back to Ohio. At that time, I had no job um couldn't find work it was uh 1996 when we went back and couldn't find any work it was uh it was rough so i spent about three months and we were pretty much just ran out of money we didn't have any money left um we didn't make a a huge profit uh off of the uh the business just uh was enough to pay off the loan and uh And uh, should have been paying off more than that when I was making money, but you know how it is when you're young. And so, had no job, and then inevitably we ended up on uh, welfare or social assistance, whatever you want to call it. And so um, we were getting our rent reduced, we were getting food for food for the kids, uh, electric, water paid, all that stuff. And man, I really didn't like living like that I I didn't want to take any type of handout but that's just where we were and I'm gonna say we did that for about two or three months and then uh, I was applying for jobs every day calling stopping in, there's nobody was hiring it was just a dead time in Ohio at that time and so I found an ad in the paper where they were teaching people how to sell air filtration systems. Now this is very interesting. So went to these classes and they were showing us all the microns and uh, the little creatures that you can't see. You can see them, the, you can see them under a microscope and um, dust mites and you know, how these filters were absolutely perfect and eliminated, you know, 99% of these things. And we're like, I'm like, okay, this is a product I can probably sell. And it was excited, you know, I was like, okay. So we spent 40 hours, you know, in this class, Monday through Friday. And then Friday afternoon, they're like, well, we're going to show you the equipment because we never got to see the equipment. And we're like, okay, cool. Maybe that, you know, they're going to show us a video of the equipment. Uh, we're going to be selling these things. it made it sound like it was going to be sold to like uh, commercial uh, plants and that stuff. And just kind of, you know, whole home systems you know for big houses is what they made it sound out uh, out like and so they pull out a stinking vacuum cleaner on the last day put it up on the counter it's a kirby vacuum cleaner and i was so pissed i was like oh my goodness what in the world and they said okay well this is and they showed us the kirby and they demonstrated it and i showed how it you know cleaned out the air and how it sucked up all these dust mites and stuff out of you know mattresses and off your floor and this that and the other and I was just like fuming at that point I'm like oh my goodness you wasted 40 hours I could have been looking for another job um and so the thing was is they gave us uh they told us to go out and sell these we had till Monday to I think sell three of the vacuum cleaners over the weekend oh no it was it was by midnight and Sunday night we had to sell three or we weren't getting paid and so I went out that weekend and I sold three of them um so uh, that I would get paid for the 40 hours worth a week uh, of work and then also get paid the the commission for the vacuum cleaner. So I sold three of them over the weekend um, and then they had meetings every day of the week um, in the morning. And so you had to be there at like 7.30. It was like an hour away from my house. And so I'd get up early, drive there, uh, go to their hoorah-rah meetings where they try to amp everybody up and then I'd make a fake list of the... uh, of the houses I was gonna go visit that day and uh, you know just kept you know I would make random calls to the uh to the sales manager or whatever. Oh, can we do this? Can we make this happen? And uh, you know, I, I knew that they were going to say no, we couldn't do it that way. And so I'd get to know just to show that I was having some activity. I figured they lied to me. I'm going to lie to them until I get my check and then I'm out of here. And so um, worth the. <laughs> I guess it was probably another week or so, week and a half. And then finally got uh, got my paycheck, uh, went in there. We, I think it was on a Monday morning. And they they said, oh, here's your paychecks. Da-da-da. Got my check. I went to my car, got the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> set it on the counter said see ya uh, and uh, I was going out of there but that was just kind of an interesting thing and so uh, eventually um, you know a few weeks later I you know stumbled upon something I uh, was able to take a job as an assistant manager at a um, convenience store called Ameristop we didn't sell gas but we had uh, food lottery beer you know all the little things that you have a convenience store and so it was right across from a high school and uh, kind of a I don't know it wasn't the best neighborhood in Cincinnati and so but hey at that time I was taking a job and I needed a job and so uh, I'm gonna stop there on this segment because I don't want you to uh, I don't want to run the time too long but uh, we'll go over the rest of my life in the next segment and so I just wanted to share that with you so you'd have a little idea of who I am what my background is and so, uh, you may be able to relate to what I've, what I've done. Uh, you may be able to relate to, you know, hey, I'm working at a, you know, McDonald's right now or I'm working at uh, a gas station right now. So I want you to be able to relate to, you know, hey, I didn't get to where I am uh, overnight. Uh, it's a lot of work, uh, a lot of hours, and we'll go into that more so in the next segment. Uh, I, I can't even tell you how many hours, I, I didn't sleep hardly at all when I ran the uh, Rise and Shine uh, cleaners because I had to be in the Air Force during the day. And so I'd sleep maybe two, three hours a night. And so I did that for months on end. And so uh, if you want to be successful, that's that's a lot of what what it takes. And, so, uh, as, and I think that we'll find that out as we interview a lot of these folks that do these jobs um, for Career Library that they, they work their fingers to the bone, man, and they make a lot of sacrifice to get to, to where they're at, uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur And so, uh, such as myself. And so, um, you know, looking forward to you uh, joining me on this journey as we continue forward. And as always, please subscribe, subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss a single episode. And I'm your host, Chris Jones, signing off until next time.